TAP episode number 28 with Mario Javon Shaw and Jason Terrell. You guys ready? Let's go. Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Think Alpha Project. And of course, I'm your host, Valentine Ewudo. And if you've been following this podcast so far, you know that we focus on success. This is a conversation about success. And it comes to health, relationships, wealth, um, and everything that entails growing as a person. This is designed to help you become a better person. And the first thing I want to do now is uh, apologize to you. I owe you guys an apology. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, um, I've had a lot added on my plate and I've been really sick. So it's been really, it's been really rough on my end. Uh, but I'm back at it. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of you guys actually reach out to me, which means so much to me. But you guys reach out to me and, and uh, asked me, dude, when's the next episode? We're waiting on it. So I just want to say thank you uh, for the support. And it, it just means a lot to know that people are out there really consuming and benefiting from the, the, the effort that we put in. As you guys know, this, this takes some effort, you know, uh, be it from my side and, and my, my staff um, and even all of my staff who take care of the production and of course, the guests, you know, they're making time to really give themselves and the energy that they do to do that. So I just appreciate it. OK, um, show notes, of course, you can find these show notes at thinkalpha.net forward slash zero two eight. As you know, this is episode 28. So on there, you can find uh, the contact information for the folks that we're we're going to be talking with, as well as just the summary in general of our episode of this episode. Okay. So we're going to go right into the episode um, and talk about the overview. All right. So Mario Javon Shaw and Jason Terrell discuss something called Profound Gentlemen. And it's a movement they created to help build and retain communities of male educators of color. And I'm going to drop you guys with a stat real quick. I'm going to drop a stat and it, and it is 40% of all early career teachers will leave the field. But for men of color, it's 65%. Okay, so if you're, if you're a, a, a man or woman of color that is, that's listening to this, this got to understand that our education system, we, we're not even going to go into that. But, you know, we're talking about a situation where, you know, our educators are dropping off, or well, specifically the men, at a rate of 65%. Okay, so I'm just, I, I found these guys, and it's just been really cool to talk to them. You know, they both have been working on developing black male school teachers to positively impact the graduation rates, self-esteem, and lifelong success of boys of color. And as, as you guys know, representation matters, right? So, a few of the things we mentioned inside of the episode we really talk about is the start of the Profound Gentleman, okay? And as a movement, the challenges of building an organization from scratch. 
you know, if you're listening to this and you're building something, you're probably going through some challenges yourself. And of course, standing up for what you believe in. All right. I believe this episode is going to do wonders for for you all who are listening. So stay tuned. We're going to get right into it. Without further ado, I bring to you guys Mario Shaw and Jason Terrell. Guys, we're back on another episode of the Think Alpha Project. And we have this time two gentlemen here. Um, I want to first off go into I want our audience to get to know you guys. So just real quick, one of you is obviously going to go first, but I want to know your name, where you guys are at, age, and 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 what you're excited about. All right. My name is Jason Terrell. I'm originally born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I am 27 years old. Live in Charlotte, North Carolina for the last six years. Um, something I'm excited about, kind of nervous about actually, is uh, I got in uh, – getting married in October. So I'm trying to plan, prepare, oh. um, kind of getting ready for that. So that's like the thing that's on my mind outside of work. So it's exciting, you know, but it's a different transition. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. You getting married, man? Jeez, man. How, wait, how old did you say? You say you're 27, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've been dating my girl since we were 19. Okay. Um, so it's been sense. a while, so you know. <laughs> seven years, eight yeah. years. Is it eight? Seven, eight. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yes. Seven, yeah. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah, just just go ahead and stay stay on that side of the, the country, you know. That's good. That's good. Over here, man, I, I, yeah, I, I haven't even found one, let alone date. So, yeah, yeah. it looks like that's what happens out here. <laughs> What'd you say? They hit you when they, you know, when they least expect you. Yeah, well, I, I keep hearing that. We'll, we'll, we're going to have to see about that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. We'll see, All man. Right, um, go ahead. My yeah, my name is Mario Javon Shaw. I am um, from Cleveland, Ohio, but I live here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and yeah, 28 years old. My birthday is next month, so I'll be 29 years old in, in June, June 21st, first day of uh, uh, um, summer. And what I'm the most excited about right now I'm excited to continue to do a lot of summer reading. It sounds boring, I guess, to some people, but I really have gotten into a lot of reading lately. And I'm really excited to just jump into that a little bit more and sit by the pool with um, a vodka soda. Can we say that on your podcast? I'm sorry. You can say it. You can say it. You're uh, good. <laughs> with the vodka soda, since that's low calories, trying to stay good on the calories and stuff, man. With some fresh mint out the garden and enjoy myself. So I'm excited about the summertime, just sitting around the pool reading and then, you know, getting into work and stuff like that. But summer is coming and you Summer's can feel still. it. Yeah, we're, that's we're right. That's towards right. this hot now, too. But the pools aren't open yet, so I'm, I'm I'm excited for it. That's good. That's good. Okay, cool. So, guys, let's jump right into profound gentlemen. So, I I did a little reading about you know you guys' mission, um, your movement, and you know I number one, this is for this is for me, people that look like me, you know. So, and it's very similar to everything that I've done up to this point. You know, everything that I know that I do is to be an example for especially young black men. And uh, you guys are actually out there in the field. You guys are directly touching these lives. Mm-hmm. How did, like, tell me, tell us a little bit more about the the movement that you guys have created. Yeah, um, 
Yes, yeah, so ooh, um, the movement that we're creating. And, and the funny thing is we actually definitely do call it a movement um, because I think like when you consistently call it a movement, um, there is a place that you must be trying to go to. Yeah. Um, and hopefully one day that you will no longer need the movement, right? Uh, because something is stable and in place. Um, now we think that that's probably gonna be a long time from now, but at the same time, we're a part of this movement. And so uh, it really is about really helping. I think like when our organization, we're building communities of male teachers of color who offer their profile and additional impact on lives of boys of color. And so our, our, our goal is to retain uh, male teachers of color and then also to um, use feeder patterns where our gender are at to be able to um, create um, cradle-to-career pipelines uh, for, for boys of color, almost like an underground railroad type of like system mm. for boys of color, um, how we're expecting to like for boys of color to be able to go from one male teacher of color to help them to develop and build their character to another one in middle school to another one in high school. Um, so that's like what it looks like on on, on um, the surface. But I think like when we really dig deep into like the work, um, it really is helping people to, in a sense, like maximize their human potential, like help them to actually be their best selves. Um, and so when we're asking guys to become teachers or educators, sometimes like, you know, they may feel that calling upon them but not know like the heavy work that's required for them to actually do it. And so part of like what we're doing is not only just preparing them and helping them um, to continue to build their impact, but helping them on their personal lives as well to be their best selves. Because we know that when we're our best selves, we're able to contribute more um, to this movement. And so that's really how our work is even different, but like what this movement is kind of really all about. Right, absolutely. And, and you, you said something about retaining. So, because yeah. when I hear about that word retain, it means that are you, would you say that you're seeing a, a phenomenon where people are like black educators are like are leaving? Like, is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, if you yeah, about so, that, yeah. Um, I mean, we look at, you know, you can look at data to really show this. So, across the country, you know, 40% of all your early career teachers will leave the classroom. And this is like a number wow. of factors. Um, so this doesn't matter your race, class, and ethnicity. This is just period. But for men of color, it's actually 25% higher. So about so imagine every five men that go into a school building um, in three years, only maybe two, maybe even one will be left um, in that school. So not only are you costing districts tens of thousands of dollars, because you have to now go out and replace that teacher, but you really can't replace um, a black male or a male of color in a right. school building because you have boys who look up to them, you have girls who look up to them. He sets a culture in school, and so he's not even on a you know you can talk about the you know the you know the cost of it, but it's also that more of a more of a culture to it as well. You can't replace culture. Yeah, cultural yeah, impact. Cultural. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, because I'll tell you right now, man. I, <laughs> to this day, I remember the the instructors that I had, the teachers that I had who were who were black, who looked like me, you know, from growing mm -hmm. up. I mean, I had a little bit of a different history. Like, for example, I went to high school in Africa, actually. But before that point, I was, you know, here in South Central. This is where I grew up. And we had, you, we didn't have all black teachers, but the ones that were black, like, obviously, I remembered them. And, and going into high school, I was, like, in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. So that that is a very, very interesting situation. Like, do you, do you feel like, but I, I also feel like even in the West Coast, for example, where I grew up versus, you know, you guys are considered, would you consider you guys the East Coast? 
right? Yeah. Isn't yeah? Isn't the well, Carolinas the, south. the East Coast or it's, the South? It's kind of both, or like what would you say? South, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's definitely the South. Yeah, that's how I call it. Charlotte. It's yeah. called North Carolina for a reason. Like, I think South Carolina is south, is southern, and then, like, I was like, southern. <laughs> North Carolina, I think North Carolina, to me, has a little bit more of, like, a of a northern vibe. I think that's why it's called North Carolina. Maybe that's just Charlotte. <laughs> right, right. You right. Step outside of the whole yeah. different white list, just like it's South true. Carolina and Georgia. So, Charlotte is very progressive, even its policies, but as soon as you step out, of the 77. It's like different. Right, right. Greensboro got a little bit more. But we don't have, we have have another northern, uh, I keep on saying northern, but we have a northern southern conversation a lot. But but yeah, you were talking about, sorry. (laughs) That's fine, that's fine. A little tangent. Yeah, no, I was was saying that, um, like, for example, where you guys are at, I'd imagine there there are probably more black educators in the system than I probably see here on the West Coast. Hmm. Because what I see is, you know, even being Greek, for example, even being in a black fraternity, um, I I would see a difference where on the West Coast, you know, let's just say a, a crossing line, like I initiated with, I was initiated with about nine other people. There's 10 of us on my line. And that is a big deal. You, you know what I'm saying? That is a big deal. What you normally see is, is three a line of three a line of four maybe a line of five um and this is across three schools like this is <laughs> this mm-hmm. isn't one chapter is one school like you would see out where you guys are at you know on the west coast we'll have three four chapter uh, schools share one chapter and that really goes to tell you you know first of all what why is that you know i think number mm-hmm. one you know black folks don't really go to school here in on the west coast and then second you know the ones that there's obviously going to be a percentage of uh black folks who that are in school that are actually initiated into these organizations but when i go to where you guys are at i see lines of one line you know per every school will have Mm -hmm. their own chapter and then in each chapter there's like 20 people getting initiated (laughs) you know and it's always it's like that every single time and that's that's my anecdote you know when it comes to the differences between you know, uh, enrollment in school or even the presence. But I yeah. feel like it might even be worse. Is there anything you guys have found uh, related to that as, you know, as it pertains to the West Coast? I, we were just in the West Coast. Um, and I, we were just in uh, San, the Bay Area mm, last oh, week. Nice. I, I, you know, I, I didn't see too many people that looked like me in the Bay. Um, and I know Oakland is a little different. We didn't, I didn't go out to Oakland that particular time. But, I mean, I don't know if that's that's just geography of where, um, where black folks are, are primarily located. But I know majority are in the southeast, just given you know your census data. But I, I agree. I, I pledged in college as well, and my school is a small school, um, and, uh, and we had our own chapter, and we were at PWI, and every school around me had their own chapter. Okay, um, wait, wait. Before you say PWI, now what? everyone everyone's not gonna know what that means. So explain to uh, okay. just just say the the uh, full acronym. Yeah, so I went to a predominantly white institution. There you go. Um, yeah. This thing known as a, a PWI. Um, I pledged Kappa Alpha Psi there. But um, again, you know, even in my schools, twenty six hundred kids, we had our own chapter. Um, you know, we had our own culture there. So yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, and then for example, like how many did you cross with? Uh, so our our chapter was small. It was we had. I'll call that three on my line. Uh, okay. We have my nine chapter. Uh, nine okay. Ten. Okay. 
But what's yeah. cool is that you had your own. Each school had their own chapter. Yeah, yeah. Which is very interesting. We're like, like that's such a foreign concept on the West Coast. It's like what, like how, like you know, it's it's very very different. Um, okay, well, what what about you, man? I mean, have you seen like I, I'm pretty sure you guys are starting really local, or right? you guys are starting local. Um, but what are you, is there? Are there any you know data that you've seen that that's, that changes between where you're at locally and then elsewhere in the country or mm. in the West Coast? I don't I don't know for sure um, if we see data exactly, but I do know that there's a different like mindset and there's a different um, a push for educators or um, the way that educators teach may be a little bit different. So I come uh, from Cleveland, Ohio, so it's a like a, we were just talking about um, prom. So we have our impact assistants who are high schoolers and they're seniors and they're going to prom and stuff. And so like, I was like, you know, do y'all do what we call a lineup? Um, and so lineup is this thing where like everybody who's going to prom lines up in front of like the, like go through the whole community, um, like in front of like the school where the school is located and everybody who not even your family sees the outfits. And I noticed like, you know, that's something that we do. Um, there's definitely like a thing up north that's like something that's not down south. And that goes to just even show like the different type of like black culture. I think like as black people, sometimes we don't notice or recognize the difference in black culture depending on region. And so like southeast or the south is much different. I feel like Florida has its own flair. I don't even consider that. <laughs> even though it's in the southeast area, it has its own vibe altogether. Um, Texas, uh, you have the Midwest, uh, Mid-Atlantic region, uh, Western region. And so I have the opportunity actually to visit our educators all the time around all of our culture. So we're not just in Charlotte, we're actually in Atlanta, um, uh, Charlotte, of course, DC, Memphis, and Chicago. And so Chicago is a little bit different um, for our people, um, as well as DC. DC, we see a lot of like more like younger educators um, even in terms right. of like the way that dress may be a little bit even different. It's like in Chicago, you see more of like a charter school movement and you see our guys that are very, um, we do have a lot of young guys in it, but t uh, technically Chicago is historically a little bit more like older and a lot of more teachers, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but to retain a lot more teachers, um, in Chicago, they stay longer. Um, uh, so there's a big difference in terms of like the way that we kind of like do programming and the type of like socials that we actually do. Like in D.C., for example, we do a lot of brunches in D.C. for our socials. Whereas like in Chicago, they do a Thursday happy hour, you know what I mean? And to meet the guys' needs and stuff. And so like in the South, guys will come out on a Friday. I mean, D.C. and Chicago, you can't have a Friday event for educators. They're doing something else on a Friday. Um, you know, so it's, it's much different. Um, and, and as an organization, I think we have to recognize uh, people's uh, uh, level of blackness. You know, and I think that's what we kind of came in at the beginning is like, Everybody's blackness is different, and it's mm. definitely depending on what culture they're in, and also the schools. There are a lot of different schools. Um, I think as we get closer to millennials, a lot of, of us are moving around and stuff like that. I feel like it's starting to mix, and I, I don't know if I kind of like that. <laughs> you know, I love for you know to get certain foods just in that region, like like just like you know what I mean, like to have. Um, crab cake, for example, in Charlotte, it's like, why would you do that? Like, you should just do that. To like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, so, uh, you know, it's like a lot of 
different mixings of cultures nowadays. And I would just rather just kind of like it's that's the beauty of it, you know? Right. Um, right. The differences, yeah. the beauties and the differences. Yeah. yeah. That's, Same that's with our educators. We see a difference with our educators as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, 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 that's really good. So, all right. I want to also talk about, of course, like what spawned this, this entire thing. I mean, I know that we talked about, you know, the, the what we're facing, the problem we're facing, but mm -hmm. I want to know the story between you two going, you know what, we're going to band together. We're going to mm -hmm. create this. <clears throat> but what did that come from? It definitely um, came from our students. So uh, both Jason and I were seventh grade English language arts teachers. We started with Teach for America, which is a teacher pipeline program for typically college students, right out of college when you are not an education major. Mm -hmm. um, and their goal with Teach for America is, uh, is to um, is to place uh, people straight out of majority straight out of college into um, at need or uh, I don't like to say at risk, but at need or like uh, or low income um, classified Title One schools um, where you know a lot of uh, teachers are needed. And so Jason and I were placed both here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we were doing our teacher training, and we were um, and that teacher training actually was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where they take five regions and you get training for six weeks and then you go into the classroom. And a lot of people may criticize that we, you know, that, you know, you only got training for six weeks, but actually the best training is once you actually get in the classroom, nobody mm -hmm. could, <laughs> you can't get trained. I mean, like, you know what I mean? The right. teaching is one of those things you actually got to do. Um, and so Jason and I, we were actually roommates and it's very rare for black people to be roommates because it's a lot of white folks in Teach for America. <laughs> and so it's very rare for black folks to be roommates. And so we were roommates in TFA. So that just to show you how the universe was working at that moment. And we would just like have conversations often at nighttime and just about like what it means to be like a male teacher, kind of like how we want to influence the communities. Once we started teaching, uh, obviously, you know, you have less of those conversations and more of, uh, uh, you know, focusing on your um, studies and focusing on lesson plans and stuff. But both of us kind of had like similar scenarios and situations where uh, for me, for example, I, I had a program called The Brotherhood. And this was after Jonathan Farrell got shot by a police officer in Charlotte. And I started this program because I noticed that a lot of my young boys needed more development. Like we had a conversation, obviously you're seventh grade English, English language arts. So in English classes, you will be able to have those type of conversations in your classroom and a lot of people love it you know what i mean your students mm -hmm. like eat it up um <laughs> but um i noticed that my boys needed like further talk around it so every wednesday we'd meet after school and just like have conversation around it and uh, just what it means to be a male growing up in today's society and one day they basically told me they said mario like i um like you are first black male teacher well they call me mr shaw but now they call me mario because i don't like that last name stuff that's like a midwest thing probably do the same thing i'm like once y'all graduate or come from my class you call me by my name um i'm not old <laughs> right, right. but uh but so um they said you you know, you're our first black male teacher. And then they started to talk about how I in, empowered them. Mm -hmm. um, and so we ended up on this quest, uh, actually, to really start thinking about what does it mean to, like, to, to grow more black male teachers. At the same time, like I mentioned, a program called Teach for America, they were looking um, for some, they're looking for three people. Out of like, 
I want to say like, man, they had at the time they had like forty thousand people in there in there as in as alums in currently in a program. They're looking for three people to be a part of this program, um, but they were going to follow you and like basically just show the work that you're doing. In my pa- they they I was one of the people that they chose and they came in, you know, did pictures in my classroom, videos. And my platform, and I, I use that as an opportunity to actually talk about um, why we need to increase more black male teachers. And so the Charlotte Observer started picking it up, and then other individuals started, like, actually uh, wanting me to have conversation about um, what does it mean to recruit more black male teachers and almost being, like, a spokesperson for that. Um, at the same time, like, Jason, I was, like, having conversation around that. We originally, and this is one of the biggest things that I think is so important for um, your audience and many audiences alike, is that we originally kind of like really wanted to do this work. I knew that recruitment was something I wanted to do around black male teachers. Um, And what ended up happening was we ended up applying for Teach America's recruitment program. So they have their whole, they have a whole pro, you know, a whole uh, staff that works to help to recruit more teachers Hmm. and they have a diverse, uh, uh, they have diverse recruiters and individuals who will actually reach out to people to, um, like go to, uh, historically black colleges and universities to, to recruit more black male teachers or black teachers in general. So I wanted to do that. Jason wanted to do that. That was something that's cool. So we ended up applying for it. It made it, both of us made it to the final round. We actually didn't get the job. And I had already been doing all this work for Teach for America anyway, with all of their recruitment. Um, one of the reasons I went to receive feedback on it and one of the reasons they told me why I didn't get it was partially due to like my ability to not be able to code switch, quote unquote. They didn't use those exact words, but basically they said I'd be able to know how to talk to teachers and students and stuff. But when it comes like deans or presidents, I may not be able to like have those type of conversations with them. And so I took that as a strength for myself and said, well, at least I'm able I, I'm a groundwork. I like to be able to create relationships. But I'm not going to be a ground worker for you all or, you know, right, like, right. But I knew we we're going to create this our own type of thing. And so the next day after both Jason and I did not get uh, uh, the teacher America crew position, we actually met at Bojangles, which is, <laughs> which is a chicken Sorry, joint. Uh, yeah, I t- <laughs> Jay, what did TJ become? Yeah. yeah and and we. Um, <laughs> And we actually thought about what is now today known as profound gentlemen. So it started at a chicken joint. What a better way to do it. Um, <laughs> but it's crazy. But, um, but yeah. It's man. It's hilarious. And so we, we made it work. And that's what how our organization kind of got started. Um, yeah. And that's kind of like my story. Jason always could tell a different perspective, too. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, I actually want to hear from Jason uh, when it comes to Okay, so well, first off, how long so far have you guys been doing this? How long three has years. it been? So three years yeah. now. Okay, what I want to know, because, all right, for example, we've got a lot of my audience, they are either building towards something, right? Or they have the, they, they have the mindset, they, they haven't built anything yet, but they're like, you know, I want more out of life. I want to do something for myself that, that I haven't done before or yet. <laughs> Or they're, yeah. they're, they're folks who are already building something. So if you've been in three years, chances are you've been through some struggles getting <laughs> this off the ground. You know, you've been through some real shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I want to know, Jason, if you could share, like, some of the challenges that you've over, like, you guys have had to face and overcome uh, to get to this point so far. Yeah, I think, um, I mean... Well, I would say we're always consistently and continually dealing with challenges. Um, Make sure you talk closer that, to the mic, all right? All right, Jason? 
I'm sorry. There you go. Um, there you I said go. We, we are always consistently, um, you know, dealing with challenges, but in particular, the, the, the biggest one, of course, is financial. Um, so I think the first year um, that we started Profound Gentlemen, we had to leave our, and I was a teacher at the time, and Mario worked at a nonprofit in town. And um, we took a, a significant pay cut. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we left our apartments, sold our cars. Um, I had to, I moved across town, you know, got rid of that. We I was, lived in the hood. That's risky, just, man. That was a risky yeah. move. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I sold my car, got another car that was, uh, you know, I didn't have to pay much on it. Um, you know, pretty much, you know, we, we, we very bootstrapped everything, worked at a coffee shops, long nights, long hours. Um, and we were making, weren't making any money at all for about a, mm, I'll say a year. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Wow. year and a half. And a lot of that was trying to learn how to do everything. I mean, we were running a business from scratch. Um, yeah. You know, we didn't. My background is in college. I was a political science and philosophy major, right? So I, I can write. Um, communication is pretty good, um, but as far as like technical on the on the business side, technical skills were in there. Um, so a lot of that was a year of just developing not only relationships that were further on um, our business endeavors, but a lot of personal learning about. What is a budget? Read financial statements. How to, you know, basically write a write up a grant. You know, basic simple things that we need to to start a business, um, and start an organization. Um, and we had to learn on our own. So a lot of that was, you know, for me, I I, I learned best through mentorship. Um, so I have a lot of created a strong circle for who, you know, I connected with and built relationships with that helped and guide me and told me my shit stank when it when it did and and pushed me a little bit. Um, but that was the biggest challenge. And not, it's almost like once it clicked, it clicked. Like once we got our first grant um, wow. and that was the summer of a year later that summer, every single ever since then has been double the amount and it's continued to grow. Um, and so we haven't had, you know, it's always a challenge still learning and maintaining. But I had to be honest with you to even to your listeners. I think maintaining is a lot harder than starting because um, once you start, you know, you have nothing to lose. You're at the bottom. Right. So like you, you just go up to the top. But once you have it. Now you have to keep the momentum going and increase it. And that's actually a lot more challenging. Um, a lot It pushes you a lot more from an intellectual level for me. Um, on a technical level, it pushes me a lot more than me starting. And when I was starting, you could bootstrap it. You, can, you know, you can, you know, you had, the hustle is really there. Um, again, maintaining it and elevating it is completely different. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So what, what I'm sure in that path, though, you felt, you know, you guys have felt, there's the times that you felt overwhelmed, unfocused. Um, doing it because I'll tell you even mine you know with with doing this this uh, this show as well as all the other things that I have going on around this in my life it's like man sometimes I'm like dude it ain't kicking off like I want it to like you you know you really <laughs> I really think that like it gets into your head mm-hmm. and you know that's definitely like the the, the voice the, the the voice of doom talking here but mm-hmm. I, I'd like to know what you guys do whenever you have moments like that um what, what you do to overcome that and do you i mean do you guys have i'm sure everyone does <laughs> we have it i think um am i good for the mic too yeah 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 okay. yeah you're good okay. you're good um so we have it obviously uh definitely um i think that's the greatest thing i think um I always compare those situations to seeds um and i mentioned this before too like when you plant a seed, it goes in the dirt. Sometimes when it when when you the dirt is dark, right? So the, there's nothing down there. But then eventually you start seeing um eventually you start seeing like roots growing. You start seeing something sprout, right? 
But what you're doing right now, definitely when you're having those hard times, I, I think of every hard time as actually like planting seeds because it feels dark at the moment. And then all of a sudden you see like this thing starting to sprout up and you're like, oh, it was there all along. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes, uh, so I have a garden. So a lot of times I'm, you know, referencing uh, uh, a lot of my stuff to, yeah. to garden and water and stuff like that. But you have to, you have to nurture that thing. Um, another thing too is I think like we live in a culture today where we want immediate gratification, right? Like millennials are big about that. Um, and, and that's, I, I remember watching a video about that uh, where this guy said like millennials, we always want it now. Um, and we think we can have it now, but we have to recognize that sometimes these things may take time and that when people are on social media or anything like that, they're showing their highlight reels. They're not really showing like everything that it takes to actually get there. And we're comparing our inside selves to their highlight reels, you know, right. um, which is what one of my pastors I said. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just I'm relaying like, the I, info, you know, I get that by myself. Uh, but like it just clicked when it, when he said it though, because, it just ma- it just makes so much sense because we continue to always do that. Um, definitely when we're in the trenches, uh, and so when you feel, I think like um, the answer is like how how do you maintain when you're getting to that level? How do you do you sacrifice? You know, you hear people saying they're going to do it, but what you know you took the step? How did you take the steps in order to actually really really get there? You know what I mean? And I think like at the end of the day, I think the the best word to describe it all is believe. That when people are not following, you have to, at the end of the day, really, truly believe that this is something that you're called to do. And you'll see the signs. You got to notice the signs. You got to notice these small moments. And then that's when you say, okay, it may be hard right now, but I see the sign that it's going to have, that that's actually supposed to be in this moment. And I see the sign that I'm actually supposed to be going this direction. But oftentimes, we just be missing the signs. The signs be right in front of us all the time. We may be driving home. And the song may come on randomly. And maybe we just turned the station. That could have been opportunity for us to actually like just listen to something we was actually supposed to actually we supposed to hear. Or just look at the world around us. Whether you a runner, uh, you know, you go running, you work out, whatever. If you ask for the sign, the universe will work in its way to provide it for you so that you'll be able to no, okay, I'm going the right direction. Okay, I'm I'm doing it right. You know, this is hard right now. Right. And there there are still hard moments. Like right now, we're we're experiencing growth for profound gentlemen. Um, we have some amazing candidates, right? Like I don't know why I'm stressed out about this process, but I am mm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. like we we have so many great individuals that like we could choose either one of them, and it's the idea of who do we choose, right? Like who do we choose to join our team and to really make this big impact. But there are always going to be signs that help me to point me in the right direction. I just have to open up my mind to be able to receive it. And so I think like that's the biggest, the biggest thing. It's like you got to look for it. You got to find it. And it ain't going to happen immediately. Yeah, right away. Yeah, I love that. I love that. What What would you guys say that um, – how has how is this doing this for the last three years? You guys have been through a lot. How has it changed you guys so far as, as men? Mm. It made me wealthier. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> getting there, though. Getting there, though. <laughs> but it, it made me, like, in my set, it definitely did make me wealthy, though. Um, I think that's the biggest thing for me is that I've had the opportunity to, like, I, I just thought about this yesterday. I said, I've worked for myself more than I work for other people. Like, I officially, like, work for myself more years than I work for other people. Like all I know now is working for myself, like having my own business. Like, uh, 
and it's kind of crazy to think about it, you know, because I, because it's about, we're about to go on four years. I only worked for an organization for three years, right? So now I'm hitting a tipping point. So it has taught me that really, honestly, that anything you put your mind to is going to be hard, but you could honestly do it. Hmm. That's when it basically, like, I have so many other endeavors that I'm thinking about. There's a line to profile gentlemen's work. Um, I, I'm, I'm really big about black boy joy, like how, letting black boys experience joy and living out their purpose in life. Um, Brene Brown says it best that joy is the the emotion that we are most scared of. And it is the truth because we forbore joy all the time. Forbore joy is like this big old thing because it's like as soon as we experience it, we think it's going to run away. Definitely mm-hmm. black. As soon as we as soon as like something good happened, it's like, oh, man. You know, I know something bad about to happen then because I just had all of this amount of joy. And so we don't even take the time to just enjoy this moment. And so that's something that this particular opportunity has taught me. And it's taught me I could continue to keep on dreaming. That dreams do come alive. We just got to honestly work for it. And the reason why so many people don't live out their dreams is because it is difficult. When people say, right. I'm going to pursue my dreams and you take that first step, it's a nightmare. If it is a nightmare, right. people are like, I thought I was living my dreams, not like the opposite of it. And But I think the reason why so many people don't do it is because it's scary. And you know what I mean? It's very scary to do it. Um, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. And it's fun. It's really fun. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Jason, what you got to say, man? Um, no, that's a good question. Um, I had to think about it for a little bit. I think the biggest thing is uh, it's taught me the kind of where, your, where my foundation is. So like I think throughout the process, um, it's a lonely process. Entrepreneurship is kind of lonely. You know, you don't have anybody. There's not that many people in my social circle that are in the same position um, that I can share with and build with. So kind of shows you who your real friends are, who the people who has your back. Um, I'm really family oriented. Um, so you know, grew up with grandparents and aunts and uncles in the village. Um, so really took me. You know, I, I often I've been going back home a lot. You know, a lot throughout this past couple of years, just, you know, recentering myself, um, just kind of taking a break. So I think it's really teaching me where my roots are um, and where my foundation is. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, and I think going through the, a journey like this, always, it all, in order for us to accomplish, you know, that whatever that dream is, that goal is, we have to change as people. Like we have to become the type of person that can create that and attract what we need to attract to get hmm. to that level. You know what I'm that's saying? A, like that's how I look at yeah. it. And that's why I ask you guys this because every single person, it's like, I don't know, Lord of the Rings or something. I know a lot of people don't, don't remember that, but you know, Lord of the Rings, you know, you go on a mission. A lot, a lot of these movies talk about, you know, uh, the 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 hero that is reluctant, but is called to serve. Like you, you're called on a mission. You don't want to do it, but hey, it's on you, man. You know, and, yeah. and so you go, you go out, and you have to, you have to go out and do your thing. But as you go out, when you come back home. You're a completely different person because the process mm. has really changed you. Mm. The process mm-hmm. has changed you 100% because you had to be. Mm. You had to develop yourself into mm-hmm. this type of person, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always ask that question, and it's always interesting to, to hear that from you guys. You guys both, what's even cooler is that you guys both have different answers and different perspectives mm. on, on, the same, on the same question. So it's mm-hmm. always going to be different, you know. Yeah. 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 And as... um. I want to just keep talking about personal change because that's important, you know, and, and how we change as people is going to make or break, I believe, what comes out. Like, because our business, your business is an extension of you guys. 
your personality mm-hmm. and your growth at the time. You know, um, just how my business is an extension of my own personal growth at any given moment. Um, so I want to ask you guys, like, what what is, what is something that you feel people uh, are missing right? yeah. that you feel they need to know? Mm. I would say in order to get ahead or in order to get ahead yeah. in life or. Yeah, I think non-negotiables. I think that's something that I think a lot of people, uh, you have to bend in some areas, but I think um, I was just listening to uh, Chadwick Boseman's speech at Howard University. I watched it live, and then I watched it again this morning because um, I like my little Monday morning motivation. Motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Monday motivation is so good. And and one of the things that uh, people had told him, he was an average student you know, at Howard. Um, another thing, too, is that uh, when he started acting, um, he was considered to be hard to work with because he didn't want to typically have uh, stereotypical characters. Mm. Um, and so when he was uh, doing a, um, a TV show on, on, um, on, on TV, obviously, but he basically talked about, he asked about this character. This character was something that, um, that was very, he was playing a role of the character and it was very stereotypical and they wanted him to, to continue to go on to season two, but he was like, I will go on to season two if you could ask me these questions. He was like, where's the father? Uh, where's the mother? Like, how is the mother's relationship with this? And so he asked these questions and and the producers kind of felt uh, attacked by his response. And so like the next day they actually fired him. And wow. I think like, yeah. And I think like one of the big things that I, that I see that a lot of people do is over compromise on stuff that they don't supposed to. Like what, what, like we, you lose your morals or you lose your values, you know, be, in order to get X, Y, and Z accomplishment and achievement. I think like the, one of the things for me is like, I'm, I want to say true to my morals. I want to say true to my values and don't compromise and stuff, right? Like if something just isn't good, then don't go for it. Mm-hmm. And opportunity will come. It will definitely come. It may be difficult, you know, for you to be able to, to receive it because you may not be trying to get it the normal way or the traditional way. But you got to know what are your true morals, what are your values, what are your non-negotiables, how are you going to do it? Because like, you know, you know, I forgot that quote, but it's like, you know, if you if you don't stand up for anything, you'll fall for, you know, if you accept something, you'll fall for anything. anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I always mess that quote up. But if you, you know, <laughs> we get the point though. <laughs> but yeah, if you don't if you don't stand up for something, you, you have to stand up for something and say no. Uh-uh, not this way. You know what I mean? And be willing and, and risky to do it different. I think like one of the things that, that Jason and I have done with Profile Gentlemen is be willing to take a lot of risk. Uh starting with our own self, but then even with the organization. Um like let's just do it. You know what I mean? Let's just try it out. You know, to play it safe. You won't get anywhere, you know. Um, so that's how I look at it. You know, definitely, you know, when you start in a movement, typically the movement is not popular. If you think your movement is going to be popular when you first started and you're going and you're, you're just doing a norm, you're just doing a regular. Um, people started women's movement, civil rights movement. It just start with a little bit of group of people that thought that this that people should actually deserve this and that this should actually happen. And then it actually did. Because they moved on it, but oftentimes we we typically don't do that. Mm. You know what I mean? Because we want to see what's popular. We 
we compromise ourselves in order to 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 do something and, and to agree with something that um that everybody else is doing. So be okay, like what Jason said earlier, be okay with being alone. If your negotiable is your non-negotiable, then like I can't do this. I'm gonna have to sit on the side with this. Right. So I believe in that. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Jason, you're up. Yes. Um I guess I don't know if people don't know this, um, but something that helps me out, helped me out a lot is to read everything. Um, so I, I'm naturally, I'm a, I think I'm a natural like, academic. I just, I like, not necessarily, I'm like, I didn't like school growing up, but I was like learning. Um, so I think there's nothing you can put in front of me that I won't read or learn about, even if it doesn't relate to me. And so you can always see my book bag, like articles or books or whatever it is. Um, you know, I read and absorb everything. And that gives mm. me a, a well-rounded perspective on um, a lot of different things. Mm. When I was, a, I like philosophy, you know, when I was, I was growing up, well, in college, because it, you know, able to, I was able to read both sides of the opinion and kind of like be able to form my own opinion based off of like kind of what everything was around me. Right. Um, and it's the same with, with PG is like looking at, um, you know, reading organizations that do sim- similar work to ours, reading organizations that do different work than ours, reading organizations that have, even sometimes the dissenting opinions or their, their models might be dissenting from ours. Um, but it's going to take everything in. So I think that helps me a lot. So I don't know if people do that, but if, if you have the opportunity yeah. to read everything in sight, everything All CEOs should read. Right. Absolutely. I agree. All these <laughs> should read. But I, I actually, it's funny thing is I, I agree with that. But I, I honestly, I read a lot of fictional books, which is so funny to me. I used oh. to read, well, I read self-help and fictional, but those fictional books, it helped me to become more creative, like because they just started. They created this own world, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, how would it be to just create your own world? And that's theoretically when you start a movement, that's what you're doing, you know what I mean? Right. And so, however you get your motivation, but I definitely agree with reading. You have to read for sure. Yeah, that's great. See, once again, you guys, man, two different perspectives. So that, but yeah. that they they really matter. So, all right, man. I, I think you guys have. Um, I appreciate you guys have definitely blessed. Um, our audience here with the insight into you, you guys' minds, you know, and how everything is working. So I want to know how, I guess I'll ask you guys how we can contact you because guaranteed you're going to have some folks ask, might ask you some <laughs> questions and, and hit you guys up directly. So how do we get in contact with you guys personally? I'm not talking about just the organization, but if someone can send you yeah, an you email or something. Profile, and I'll just mess with you. I ain't going to give y'all that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We respond in 48 to 72 hours. No, okay. don't go to that one. We could do our personal ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's <laughs> profilegentleman.org. Uh, mine's is uh, Mario at profilegentleman.org. M-A-R-L. Jason's is the same thing. Jason at profilegentleman.org. J-A-S-O-N. And um, I know both of us, um, you know, we're always willing to speak to people about this, um, even in our members of our organization. Um, I actually had a call today about somebody who is starting some new work, you know, um, and just messaged me on Instagram. I was like, hey, yeah, reach back out let's right. talk. So, um, and part of that is like when we first started, there were very few other organizations like ours. Um, and then they actually, um kind of had like a, a platform so since we have this platform like how can we use it to be able to create even more platforms absolutely absolutely and then we on instagram too and twitter so twitter is profound gent instagram and facebook is profound gentlemen okay so twitter is pg educator oh pg educator pg educator so, okay I mean, well did somebody take profound gentlemen on twitter 
It's too long. Oh, oh, they have a limit. That's a horrible. It's a horrible thing about it. Yeah. And all the other ones are profound gentlemen, but PG educators only. That's the. It's too. It was too long. <laughs> oh wow! I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, Twitter will maybe they'll if we get to really really know Twitter because I know some of them that are really long and they Twitter like been for them. Maybe they'll been for us one day. Yeah, oh, <laughs> big time. Y'all be big time yeah. by then. That's yeah. right. That's right. But once again, man, thank you guys. Much love to you. Uh, I just appreciate seeing you know other brothers that are that are actually on the ground doing work. You know, I, I we need we need as many as much of that as possible. Um, so big big respects uh, to you guys. You look like you you have something to say, man. What's up? Who me? Yeah. Oh, no, no, I was just smiling. I was, you just smiling? I, 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 no, okay. Yeah, no. I, well, in that case, I'll go ahead and continue my acknowledgement. <laughs> so yeah. I just want to acknowledge you once again, man. Did you pledge, yeah. man? Did you pledge? I didn't. I didn't. Okay. No, I did. I pledged, um, uh, what's the name of it? Yeah, me, me. <laughs> oh, gosh, me, Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, I, I, all right. I didn't, I didn't pay money to have friends. I just get unnatural. Oh, uh, like that? Okay. The job. <laughs> they, hey, 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 Jason, that's what they all say. <laughs> I have 11 siblings. Why do I need to pay for another brother? I heard Jesus. that. I heard that. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, dude, uh, we'll definitely be keeping in touch. Um, I'll let you guys know about all the, you know, all the stuff going on as, as we put out the episode. All right. But once again, yes. thank you. Thank you guys so much. Keep up the great work. All right. All right, I appreciate uh, thank it. Thank you. All right, all right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys got so much from that conversation. I know that I did. Um, and let me know what you guys think. You know, go to my Instagram. If you don't know my Instagram, you need to know it by now, okay? My Instagram is Val Ewudo, E-W-U-D-O. All right. Other than that, make sure that you're dropping a comment in our iTunes. Leaving a review means a lot. You know, let's keep growing these numbers. And of course, another thing is to share this with somebody you think will benefit them. You know, that's the point of this conversation is to create this um, and make it mainstream. Make it something that is accessible for people. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed it once again. And I'm going to say... I hope you're out there making stuff happen because it's only when you're in action that things move. All right. So get out there, make it happen. See you guys on the next one. Peace.